To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 127. Happy New Year. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back after a brief break in between years. We're back to do what we do best, bigger than ever. Got the fellas in here. We want to get into some sports. You know how it go. But I can't start out by asking you guys, how y'all doing, man? How was y'all break? Everything. What's up? Yeah, I would say the break was good, man. Uh, got time to spend time with family. I got to see y'all boys in person. It's been probably what close to a year or no, about six months. So it's good to see you guys. You know, I ain't seen you guys since last year. So uh, it's good to see y'all this year. You know, uh, it's been a good year. I had to slip the dad joke. All <laughs> <laughs> right. But had to slide that in real quick. But yeah, man, you know, it was a pretty good break. Uh, much needed break. You know, every time. Every now and then, you got to take a little bit of a step back, got to kind of recharge, refresh, uh, so that you can just get it going all again. So, like you said, it was a good time, good break. Glad to for y'all to come back home, uh, actually come back to where I still am, still reside. So, it was good to see my boys. But, man, I'm not going to hold it up. You know, we might as well go ahead and get into it, bros. Yeah, definitely. It was happy. It was great to fly back home after six months uh not only see my family because i can say to you brothers family so i got to see my family and uh it was nice seeing everybody now i'm back up uh up north you know and, and i'm ready to get back to business not only in my personal life with work but i'm ready to get back to do what we do best and that's podcasting so let's get into it we got a few things to get into of course we're going to get into nfl playoff matchups were released We'll get into the coaching carousel that has been kicked off after week 18 ending. And we'll even talk about a little Mr. Russell Wilson for a little bit. Uh, and we'll pivot to Aaron Rodgers as well. Uh, but let's get into it, fellas. We we saw the national championship last night. It wasn't much of a game there. Uh, TCU and the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, it's bittersweet for, for us because, of course, we're LSU fans. We all went to LSU. And, you know, Georgia is our SEC mate. But then again, you know, it's Georgia, and I, I really don't too much care for Georgia or Kirby Smart, so it was kind of bitter. And then to see them win in a fashion, it wasn't much of a contest, fellas. No, it wasn't much of a contest at all. Um, I know we talked about it offline, and we talked about, <laughs> was this going to be a good game? You know, I just thought, I went back to my roots when I thought about this game, and I kind of trusted my gut with this game. As you guys know, you guys uh, watch college. Go. Here you go. You guys watch college more than I do. And so um, <laughs> I, I really just went with my gut and just trusted that he, 
SEC would be the school that show up and overpower the talent is going to outweigh it. And then I took a spread. I took, you know, obviously, you know, um, Georgia beating them by more than 13 and, you know, I would say beat them by 50, which is crazy. So, um, I mean, again, Georgia is what back-to-back champs, you know, they, they, they really, you gotta, you really gotta pay attention to them now. And I, the one thing I noticed during the game is they're winning in the trenches, both on the offensive line and deep line. They got one, they got the best in the country. So, you able to recruit up there and up front, um, everything else will work itself out. Yeah, like you said, man, ultimately this matchup came down to the recruiting trail. You know, that's pretty much what it came down to. Year in and year out, Georgia is producing no less than a top three class, you know, basically every year for the last, let's just say, six to seven years. And when you have that type of talent, you know, it's going to show up. I felt that throughout the course of this season, it's been obvious that these are two well-coached teams. Uh, but when you have two well-coached teams, it comes down to really the Jimmys and Joes that you have, man. It comes down to the players that you have out there. And it was just apparent that, like, it was it was night and day. <laughs> it was night and day uh, really seeing that talent disparity. It showed up big time. And, you know, honestly, even once Georgia started going to their second string, like second and third string was still handling business out there. And you almost may have seen a game in which Georgia could have started his second string and potentially have beaten TCU. So, you know, it's just, you know, Georgia has become that power. Like they they're able to look Bama eye to eye at this point. Like they're that program that has risen to that point. You know, it's no longer Bama sitting up there by themselves or anything like that. Like Georgia sits there and, you know, they could be looked at as as the standard at this point. Yeah, man, I, I agree. And, and you know, kind of alluded to Los, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, like he like he mentioned, me and Ramon, we really are locked into college football. And, you know, I think Los is, you know, as you know, it has a sharp sports mind in general. So sometimes when you come in with those fresh eyes, it helps a lot. And I, I think you nailed it, man. Uh, Georgia was just on a different level. And, you know, I, you know, me and Ramon, we thought, you know, it was a 13 point spread. We felt as though uh, TCU would make it interesting enough. Um, if not actually having a shot of winning this game just because of how they conducted themselves throughout the whole season. They've been a tough team to get rid of. They had a couple big wins this season. Um, they just came off a win off of Ohio State, which I had to be a favorite to make it to the national championship. Michigan. So they beat Michigan. I'm sorry, Michigan. I'm I am tripping. Michigan, same, same conference. But <laughs> yeah, they beat Michigan, who I had Michigan making it to the national championship to to face Georgia, uh, because they're a more talented team. But uh you definitely nailed it. Um, I think that um, you know, it just shows the disparity in talent and uh Georgia, uh, like my man said in front of Nick Saban at Georgia, this uh Georgia may have taken over college football with back-to-back championships. Yeah, I mean, it's scary right now, man. Like, hit the, I know we always talk about the transfer portal changing the game. Like, it absolutely did. But, like, um, it, it's just it's just scary, bro. It's just scary to think about, like, what they can do going forward. I know they'll have a new QB going forward, and I don't know what their QB is going to do. But um, I, I, I just – I like what they did this year. And, like, every year. And I don't want to make this an LSU podcast – I get sick and tired of every year them comparing the teams to the 2019 LSU team. That team is untouched. This was a good year. They went undefeated, but that team is untouched statistically and everything else. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I don't think any anybody can 
dispute 2019 was the best college team of all time, not just in general, of all time, literally, from front to back. Yeah, nah, it's not even debatable. I mean, especially when you can see some of those core guys, what they're doing already in the league at this point, like that's that's indisputable. And the thing about it is it lets you know who LSU, what 2019 LSU is, because they're always the one that teams are getting compared to. So I've heard the argument, oh, 2020 Bama was better, or oh, 2022 Georgia is better, or oh, this and that. But every time they're comparing a team, they don't compare them to 2020 Bama. They don't com- they're not gonna compare them to 2022 the Georgia. They're not gonna compare them to 2013 FSU. No, they compare them to 2019 LSU. And so that lets you know. That's the standard, bro. They're the standard. Well, well spoken, brothers. And and like you said, uh, I'm not going to add any more to it because I know our followers and our listeners like, hey, look, they usually cover NFL and NBA. So we're going to get that out the way. We had to get that off our system and we're going to progress into professional sports. Uh, but before I do, I will regret not saying in the beginning of this thing with the first podcast of the year, fellas. I look back at the time we've been doing it since 2018. Some of you have been listening to us for since 2018 here we are in 2023 uh knocking on five years since we've been doing this thing uh i mean i'm we're just grateful for the supporters and the love that we've been receiving uh we'll continue to grow uh continue to support us uh we're only going to get bigger and bigger as you can see if you if you're able to go back and listen to our first episode compared to how we sound now just as far as rapport professionalism our sound, our edits. I mean, we've come a long ways and uh, we're just grateful for it. And uh, we're grateful for those that support us, man. We just do it for fun. We don't get paid for this. We just do it because of our passion and our love for sports and our love for each other and uh, a hobby that we love to do. So appreciate you. Continue to support us. Follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Anything else you want to add, fellas, before we move into the NFL? No, man, that's it. I think you covered it, man. We just, we appreciate everybody. Keep hanging in there with us. Keep listening to us. Keep rocking with us. Uh, We're going to continue to deliver uh, content. So, yeah, like you said, we appreciate y'all. And I'll hand it right back over. Man, five years fly, man. I'm getting old, man. Five years, bro. Salute Salute to five more years. I got a birthday coming up. So, you know, I've been in my feelings, you know what I'm saying? But hey, look, we I'm aging like fine wine. But uh, we just had week 18 wrap up, fellas. We had some storylines that we're going to get to. Of course, we have coaches losing their jobs left and right. And it's just the day after the the, the week 18 regular season has ended. Um, but I want to I do want to start off with something interesting. We'll start off with the quarterback piece here. Uh, the two huge stories. Um uh, we got to start off with Russ, man. Russell Wilson. Um, here we are to, for the Denver Broncos quarterback. Uh, I mean, have you seen such a sharp decline that quickly um, between what he looked like in Seattle? And many of us, you know, we looked at Seattle and their willingness to give up Russ. We we're like, what are they doing? They're really going to go with Geno. And Geno ended up having a, a better season than Russell. Not only that, has led the Seahawks to the playoffs, which we'll get to in a moment. But, I mean, goodness, man, have you seen that? Is it is it him or is it Hackett, which Denver got rid of their, their first-year coach before the season ended? And, you know, as we know, Hackett was a, a, a prominent offensive coordinator in Green Bay with, along with Aaron Rodgers, you know, if Hackett can't do it, can anybody else? Is Russ broken, or do you feel like this is who Russ is going forward? 
I think Russ has for a long time hid behind the system of Seattle. Um, and I say that with the utmost respect because Russ still end up being a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Um, and just being in a division as a Rams fan, his decline really started in Seattle slowly. He was not his player and the player that he was in Seattle his final year there. Everybody was saying, let Russ cook, let, let Russ cook. But, you know, now that we see him on another team and they were trying to let Russ cook, we see why the coaches almost <laughs> didn't let him just go crazy. And that goes back to my main point that I started with, that Russ has been a system quarterback, right, as far as, you know, as long as he got a good running game, a good defense, you know, and he had that in the Legion of Boom days. He had the Marshawn Lynch, right? He had the uh, Chris Carson. He had all these guys back there to kind of be a run first team, have a good defense and make play key plays when he needs to. He's always been that type of quarterback. Um, and he's done that, you know, and um, I think now, you know, as he's gotten bigger and people expect him to be a savior and he's not that type of quarterback, he's not a savior. He's not going to be the one that's just kind of put his team fully on his back. Has he done that before in his career? Yes. But is he going to consistently be an Aaron Rodgers type quarterback where he can be put in that system and do that? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to do that. And um, I don't think he can do that. And it's been proven that he can't do that. So uh, I, Russ is a good quarterback, but he has to be put in the right system, has the right type of defense, the right running game. He has to have all that thing, everything kind of put around him so he can flourish. And we've seen these last few games of the season where they fire Hackett, where he started looking kind of like that old Russ, where he started playing better. And I think they actually beat a good team. I can't think of the team off the top of my head, but they just beat a good team Chargers. this past week. Yes, the Chargers. They just beat a good team this past week where he threw three touchdowns and he looked like the old Russ. You know, and the Chargers really played their starters most of that game. So it wasn't as if – I know the Chargers wasn't playing for much, but it wasn't as if he was getting a bunch of backups. So he played a good game. And so you see those flashes that he can be that guy put in the right system with the right coaching. Well, and before you jump in, Ramon, I just want to give some context to the conversation. I mean, I think Russell has had a, a career low season. He only has thrown for 16 touchdowns, the lowest in his season. Uh, he's thrown for 11 picks. He's done that multiple times. But, I mean, in the context of how he's been playing, it's been pretty bad, pretty rough. And he's had a, a career low uh, QBR of 84. So that's, that you know, that's as as, as low as, uh, as bad as it can be can get uh he's been very unconditional uh in his what it what is it his his 12th his 11th season or his 10th season right so you know it's kind of like in in context it's it's one of his worst seasons throughout his career but take it over man yeah no i i really don't have too much to add other than what really low said because that was really my feelings and my thought process is that it literally comes down to the system for Russ. You know, like you talked about and alluded to with everything that was set up for him in Seattle. Uh, but even if you think about even Pete Carroll and go back to the college ranks, like Pete Carroll has always found a way to make, to me, quarterbacks look better than what they are in other systems. <laughs> you know, I mean, you look at Carson Palmer at the college level, you look at what he did with Matt Leinart at the college level, you look at what he did with Russell Wilson, and then you see Geno Smith have a career year in which he broke three of Russell Wilson's records. You know, like, <laughs> so there has to be even out of this more credit that goes to Pete Carroll for what he's able to do with quarterbacks in his system. 
Um, so like Lo said, I think it's a system thing. But with that being said, I agree as well that if you get the right system in, if you get just as I know we'll probably get to, but some of the rumors that are floating with like a Sean Payton or something like that, if you get the right guy in there, I do think that you can see Russ cook again. But, you know, I think it ultimately depends on that. It has to be the right fit for it. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to add much for time's sake, but I mean, when you consider that goat that that has played for 20 seasons, uh, he make it pretty darn good in Tom Brady. Uh, and I think we oftentimes take that for granted as football fans because once a quarterback hit 40, you know, it's pretty much downside. But obviously, at 45, Tom Brady has looked good throughout his career, and you know, every quarterback can't do that, and I think that adds on to. Tom Brady's legacy and which will transition and shift to another one is Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't looked at himself this season. And, you know, we know that Devontae has left, but I think that's overstated. Aaron Rodgers had a game clinching game to get into the playoffs against the Detroit Lions and not to take anything away from Dan Campbell and what he's done from that for that team and golf. Who's a low old guy, but you know, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, he did a lot to lose that game for Green Bay. And it was a lot of blame to go around, but it didn't pass Aaron Rodgers, which we thought that Aaron Rodgers has been conventionally so great, future Hall of Famer, just like Russell Wilson, that it really overshadowed the mistakes that the Packers could make. But for the first time, Aaron Rodgers looked human. Aaron Rodgers looked pedestrian last night. That's what I saw in that Monday night game. And I think that what a, a lot of people are not saying is that hey, um, Aaron Rodgers is not Tom Brady. Again, we're expecting Aaron Rodgers to have this longevity that Tom Brady has, but Tom Brady is doing something we've never seen, which I think that Tom Brady continues to elevate himself and his legacy and how great he is. But to me, I feel like Aaron Rodgers, I'm not ready to say that he's done as a quarterback, but I feel like he needs a lot around him to be successful. And I think that the magic that we've seen from him being a bad man, I think those days are over. Yeah, I'll add to that. I just think um, on a level of just watching Aaron Rodgers closely um, this season is just, I think he gets, he needs to get to a point where he needs to get over himself, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like his arrogance, his, you know, oh, well, the receiver doesn't do this. It's almost to a detriment to the team and the psyche of a young player where he's just like, all right, well, you're not going to get thrown the ball if you don't do this. You almost doing more negative than good when it comes to your team. When you have this mindset and you constantly pout. How many times did we watch a game and Aaron Rodgers playing and he's throwing a fit because, you know, the ball was either dropped or something. He's just looking at that. And that's just what we see on, on, the, on TV in those moments. It just explains what type of teammate are you when you're dealing with a bunch of young guys. And as we've seen, these young guys, when you instill the confidence into them, you see them start to flourish. At one point this season, we had Romeo Dobbs playing well, right? That's when he had the confidence he was getting the targets. And then Kristen Watson, he dropped his very first target slash touchdown of the year, and it just it spiraled on down from there. And you look at the reaction that Aaron Rodgers had at that moment. It was just like, oh, okay, well, cool. You're not getting the ball again. But if he would have went back to this guy, gave him that confidence, we seen what Christian Watson did later on in the season where he exploded. He had like a, 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 a span where he had like six straight touchdowns and taking over games. He has the talent. 
But again, that goes back to Aaron Rodgers and how he acts and he needs to get over himself. And if he would have brought these guys along and not have this this almost diva mindset of just always pouting, always throwing a fit. Again, this is only what we see on the TV. I don't know what's going on in practice and behind closed doors, obviously. But on TV, if he's acting like this and he's getting in press conferences saying, well, if you're not in the right spots, I guess he won't get touchdowns. Speaking on Christian Watson, who missed one of his signals to catch a touchdown in the second to last game. So, again, I think this this is almost a detriment to his talent. If he was able to get over himself and to trust these guys and to move forward, I think that team as a whole will follow his lead and be a better team going forward. But, again, I don't think he'll ever do that because he, you know, he feels he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. I do think that he's a guy that has to build up his guys that's around him and not knock them down and focus on the supporting cast that he has. Uh, but what I will say is I don't necessarily agree that, you know, uh, with the take that we won't see the bad man again and that he's not that guy anymore. I still think that he can be that guy. Uh, you still look at an Aaron Rodgers that was still, you know, what top six or seven in the league with touchdown passes this year. You know, I know we're used and accustomed to him being number one, number two, or top three or something like that, but still among the top six or seven quarterbacks as it relates to touchdowns. And this is a guy who played with a broken thumb this year, and he played with messed up ribs. I mean, his ribs got, I think, fractured um, at a certain point or at least bruised. So we're talking about a guy who was, you know, probably dealt with the most that he's kind of dealt with from an injury standpoint throughout his career so far. And honestly, his weapons did change with you taking away his number one wide receiver. So while I do agree he should build up the guys around him, I agree completely that I don't like how he handled the situation. I don't think that the guy is done and over the hill. You know, I think that the guy is still very much when you really just get down to the nitty gritty of it. Now, we saw him throw more interceptions this year than we ever saw him really throw. So we've seen a different touchdown to interception ratio because we so used to a four to one ratio with Aaron Rodgers, which is really out of the norm anyway. But I think because he's been so, so elite that this looks like over the hill when really probably 25 to 26 franchises would take what he gave this year. I'll add quickly, add a couple points to what you're saying. I know Aaron Rodgers is coming off back-to-back MVPs. Because it's ABC, not AB back-to-A. <laughs> anyway, he, he has a couple uh, MVPs to back him up. I thought it was interesting after that game when Jamison Williams acts for – his jersey he said no i'm gonna hold on to this one. Oh my god so i got something to add today i don't know again we go through this carousel every year where we feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to retire and he's going to do it maybe physically like you're saying Ramon, that he can get back to that guy but mentally goes back to my first point mentally if he can't get over himself if mentally he can't do it with these young guys i can see Aaron Rodgers walking away from this game because, again, like he said in the press conference, he's like, hey, I accomplished everything. I got the MVPs. I got the championship. There's nothing more. I'll be okay with walking away from the game. That's what he said after, obviously, he was eliminated by the Lions. Of course, because of his pride. I mean, it's not like – I mean, you can leave. I mean, yeah, you have accomplished great things, but we're not about to act like you left on your own terms. After the season I just saw, after the game, they could have clinched the playoffs after what I saw last night. He's not getting away with it in my book. He's great. He was a bad man. 
uh, Ramon, I disagree with you. I think that I, I agree and disagree. I think we're saying the same thing in different ways. You may be seeing a little nicer than I am. Uh, I think that he's still a good football player. I think he's still a, a, a usable quarterback. Like I said, my Saints can use him definitely for sure. Uh, but I don't. I think the days of us seeing that MVP type performance, I think those days are over as 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 his peak. But like you said, I mean, his peak and what he will fall to is still better than maybe seventy percent of the quarterbacks that's in our league today. So. Uh, we'll transition out of this because we got some NFL playoff talk to get into. Uh, but before we get to that stop, I'm not stalling the listeners. I promise I'm not stalling. We do have to talk about this coaching carousel that's going on right now. And we'll start off with the Houston Texans, who's had multiple head coaches in the, in the previous years. Um, they've had seasons that have not been who, uh, any season to call home about. Uh, shout out to my our Houston listeners. Not trying to bash you. We're gonna try to get in and get out unscathed. But Lovey Smith out the door. Um, it, it was not. Uh, you know they purposely. It looks like they were in position to get the number one pick. Um, and they chose to win the game, which I'm not. I don't know how y'all feel about that. That's another segment. Um, but oh, I loved I, it. Great decision. Great decision. <laughs> but you know, here we see Lovey Smith out the door after one season. Uh, not really given an opportunity to establish his culture, not given an opportunity to see what type of moves that he could get in the offseason. Um, I felt like his hire was kind of abrupt as well. So, um, I mean, not giving that second chance to get an offseason in, uh, the Houston Texans let him go. I mean, what do y'all think about the culture of that franchise? Uh, to me, it seems like a cancer. And if I was a head coach, I'm not trying to take that job. Yeah, I don't know how you can trust that. I don't know how you can go there and trust that you can instill a culture there, period, right? You know, like we mentioned, one year and done. The year before is David Cully. He was supposed to be a player's coach type of guy. Then you bring in, you fire him after one year. Then you bring in Lovey Smith. He was trying to establish a culture, you know. <laughs> Obviously, he won the last game. I don't know if that set well with them <laughs> as a team that was trying to Obviously lock up not. the number one pick. <laughs> Obviously not. But, you know, then you fire him. You cannot, as a coach, establish a culture after one year. Those players are pretty much not yours. You can't even – you didn't even get two full drafts in to, like, establish your system and put in things. Again, this seems more so like this was a two-year plan to, one, get to where they're at now, to get their quarterback and to get the guy that they wanted. You know, uh, maybe last year's quarterbacks, they didn't necessarily like. This seemed like a two-year plan to get to where they want to be um, as far as getting their guy as far as quarterback. And they, they can't fool anybody. At the two-pick, right now, they're going to take a quarterback. No doubt in my mind, they're going to take a quarterback, if, if not trade up to one, which would be silly because they had the number one in their, their hands pretty much. But they're going to take a quarterback. And so – um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it's it's very, like you mentioned, toxic, and it's, it's not a good situation that I can trust unless you guarantee me somehow in my language of my contract some way that, hey, I'm, I don't know. You put in some type of poison no, pill in that contract. That. I see what you're saying. Something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would, you like you said, you put that poison pill in there, huh? Yeah. yeah. But, but like y'all said, man, y'all have already really kind of covered it. What I will say is, first off, I did appreciate the decision to win that took my coach from the five to the four slot. Uh, so I, I appreciate <laughs> I knew it was that. some underlining reason. <laughs> yes. So I do appreciate that. Uh, but like you said, I mean, it isn't just us thinking that way. I mean, rumors have surfaced, you know, that D'Amico Ryans is going to be a name that's really floating out there. 
uh, that's a hot name out there. It's the, D, um, the DC for the 49ers, a uh, former NFL star, basically. And it's pretty much saying that he may not be interested in the Texans job. Like he may <laughs> not entertain it, um, even though they have him identified as like a top two candidate. Rumors are, you know, I haven't definitively heard him say that, but rumors are that he may deny even interviewing for it. So, um, I mean, like you said, if you see the last two guys get a year and then they out of there, that doesn't put any kind of confidence or belief in you that you're going to get a real shot. So, you know, uh, that's not an attractive job right now. Yeah, I did a fine job of covering that. But what I will add to the piece before we move on to the next victim, um, and I don't say that lightly, but the win. I think as a franchise, you cannot win that game, Ramon. Lowe's, you cannot win that game. The disparity between a first pick and the value of a second pick is 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 huge. It's it's you know, you go from being able to draft your quarterback and you know, and in the guys that, that are that are upcoming in this draft to you know, now you got the Bears in this position to get the number one pick, and the Bears feel as though they have their quarterback. They could afford to trade back and to get a, another position. So I think you had to lose that game. But, I mean, something tells me that Lovey kind of knew something that we didn't. He kind of knew that it was the end of the end of the road, and he wanted to go out with a bang. Uh, but we'll move on to the next coach, and um, that's Cliffs Kingberry, one of the I, – I, I call him one of the coaches, the young coaches of the, the new era that – uh, McVeigh started, uh, which we'll get to in a second with him. But um, after a 28 and 37 run, uh, 28 wins, 37 losses, Cliff Kingsbury is out of there for the Cardinals. Um, one thought that he would do a good job. Uh, he's had, I, I will say, I say he's had some bad seasons, but I thought that last season, uh, it's just how they ended. I think they won what they start off 11 and 0 and then lost six in a row. Am I making that up? Something uh, close to that. They had a high start. I don't know if they were 11 and 0 quite, but they did slump towards yeah. the, end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised by this firing, but uh, yeah, Cliff Kingsburg out of there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing for me that was the surprising piece of it is that, I mean, your starting quarterback went down. Like, Kyler Murray went down. I, I think it's kind of really difficult yeah. to judge a coach when they're starting quarterback. Yeah, went down when they're supposed your number one guy. pick. Your number <laughs> one pick went down. Yeah, so so I think that you know from that end of it, you know I can see that it's, it's a tough firing to me. But at the end of the day, if they feel like they need to go in a different direction, hey, more power to them. But that was just really my only take on it. You fire a guy when his and starting. Quarterback I think he was down. sort of the scapegoat for Kyler Murray. I, I think in my heart, I think Kyler Murray had something to do with this. I don't have any proof. I don't. I don't have any inside information. But just their report, especially this season. It seemed like they weren't on the same page. You would see them arguing on the sideline. You would hear Kyler mic'd up. You would see Kyler at what appears to be cussing out Cliff Kingberg. And we know when the first pick and the franchise quarterback wants him gone, and Kyler has shown a lot of talent, was potentially an MVP candidate last year if he wouldn't have went down. You know, you have to you have to think about it in that in that light. Go ahead, Logan. Yeah, A, B, C, man. Um, no, so, man, no, I got you bad, bro. I got you bad. <laughs> no, uh, but you made a good point, and and I'll speak on this and just some from stuff that I know personally about this situation is, you know, the whole um, uh, franchise right now is going through some some toxic stuff, you know, and I, it, it's just it's it's not been good in ownership standpoint. They also fired the GM as well. 
And then, you know, obviously well, Cliff. Then he stepped, he stepped down officially. But. He stepped down. Air, air but quotes. <laughs> air quotes. Step step down. Down. <laughs> he stepped down before he could be fired. But um, the thing is, you know, there's been rumors again about some stuff that went down where, again, all speculation, I'll leave that to speculation. But um, it, it, again, uh, they, the crazy part about this is Cliff Kingsbury was hired when the Cardinals had that number one pick. Kyler Murray was his guy from their connections in college, right? The Cardinals took the year before, took Josh Rosen with the 10th pick. So they had already had that guy. So the crazy part about this is really Cliff signed off on bringing Kyler on to this team when they had the number one pick. And then now Cliff is getting fired pretty much, you know, again, speculation because, you know, those two aren't seeing eye to eye. And then reports are now coming out that Kyler will have a say-so on the next head coach, which, again, tells me, again, that this head coach I, I need to get along with. This, this, this system needs to be good for me because, again, previously what I had going with Cliff didn't work out. Yeah. Nah, I, I mean, I think that y'all, y'all covered it, man. Y'all kind of got to what I want to get to. You know, I guess the only other thing that I would add to it and maybe not jumping ahead too much, but I mean, is this a situation where teams are lining up and preparing for the Sean Payton sweepstakes? <laughs> like, yeah, is it that what this so. is? It appears so, bro. It appears so. I mean, with Kyler being a sharp quarterback, they look what Sean did with Drew, you know, Russell. You know, I, I say this, uh, it, it appears that Sean Payton has had a hard on for Russ as you know, it was reported last year that he was trying his best to get his hands on Russ last the year before he left. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's a good point, man. It, do, it does seem like the Sean Payton sweepstakes because I, I would have gave Cliff another year uh, if it was me personally. And, and with Houston, same thing. With Lovey Smith, come on, man. Like, you got to give him another opportunity, you know, uh, with especially with his history in Chicago. But, yeah, that's a good point, man. Um, but Denver seems like they are the, the – you know, has piqued Sean's interest and the Saints have gave him permission. And as a Saints fan, personally, I'm quite satisfied and pleased without us having a first round pick because we traded it away uh, to the Eagles. Um, it looked like we'll be having a first round pick coming back to us this draft. So I say, hey, look, Sean, make your decision and let's get this ball rolling so I can start uh, prospecting some of these first round picks that that's coming out this year. Yeah, no, I think that ultimately, man, that, that's that's the way, that's the move. We've talked about it already in the past. That's going to be the best thing possible for y'all, you know, as a franchise. And I guess I would just ask the question now, you know, might as well go ahead and lob it up on the pod. If y'all had to say, pick the destination where y'all ultimately think Sean Payton is coaching next year, because I mean, it seems like he's going to be coaching next year. So if y'all had to nail down and say who y'all think he's going to be coaching, what are you saying? What's I'm going to go with my heart because uh, me and Carlos have had this discussion offline, and I, I said Denver uh, uh, just based on the fact of Russell Wilson being there, and I thought that there was somewhere where Sean would want to go. Uh, but, man, now that Arizona spot is opened up, I think that, you know, rather I could weigh the option between an aging Russell Wilson and a young pup like – uh Kyler Murray I, I I mean I would say I, I think he would go with Arizona but I think in my heart he'll go with Denver and go with the veteran and that in that sound defense uh but who knows man I'm torn between I guess I'm cheating I'm torn between Arizona and Denver 
Yeah, I, um, I would say um, um, LA, uh, LA team. I know that sounds crazy today because there has been zero reports about that. And I know we're going to get into the Sean McVay talk and all that. But I would say that Sean, Mc, um, Sean Payton wants to get to a situation where um, everything is pretty much established, right? And that um, he's not going to go to a rebuild type of situation. So those teams that we did mention, the Cardinals, the Denver, the LA is walks away. Rebuild. I don't think Denver's a rebuild. They have a def- they have a solid defense and they have weapons there. I don't think I don't, I didn't, I, I didn't I don't think Arizona rebuild, did I? Rebuild. Yeah, you did. Did I say that? I, no, I didn't. I said the point I was making, I don't think he wants to go to a rebuild situation. So the teams that he I, we mentioned are great teams for him to go to, is the point I mentioned. The oh, Arizona said, Cardinals. So Arizona, the so Denver clear, Arizona and Denver aren't rebuild situations. No, no. And that's what I'm okay. saying. Yeah, okay. I don't I think you said they were. I was just saying, okay. No, no, no. If I did, sorry. But no, but those those teams, so the, the, the um, again, the Arizona Cardinals, the Denver Broncos, and then obviously the L.A. Rams are teams that have players in place to compete with the right coaching, with the right draft, with the right free agency moves. They can be a quick flip type of team. You know, these are teams that obviously missed the playoffs this past year that can obviously turn it back around the following year. Sounds yeah. like you want Sean Payton with the Rams. That, that's what I'm hearing too. No, I, I, I don't. I'm just following the reports of Ian Rappaport saying Sean Payton wants to coach in L.A., whether that's with the Chargers or with – Los Angeles Rams. And you're looking at the tea ladies with Sean McVay of, hey, I might need to take a step back. This is this season was tough on me. Why not put right then, put that guy where he said he wants to coach in L.A. where it matched perfect, perfect, perfectly, where he has the pieces in place. Just, just quickly, what are the assets that y'all would present? Because I know it's attractive to have a yeah, first rounder. Yeah, give me that first round pick, yeah. you know what I mean? Y'all That's don't have, they don't have don't one know. this year, yeah. you know. We don't have one this year, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so y'all out of the mix. We're not going to trade him there. And what do the Chargers have? They had a first-round pick. You should have let off with that. You could have saved your little soliloquy. Y'all don't have a first-round pick. Hey, and when you come across the board and we only gave up a second for it, I don't want to hear it. Well, can you imagine <laughs> the Saints fan base seeing Sean Payton go to the Rams? Man, I, would, I, would, I would fly to New Orleans and slap whoever made <laughs> But anyway, guys, yeah, so McVay, it appears that with all of the rumors, it was a, a – I think that he would have left last year if he didn't feel like they could do it again. Aaron Donald recommitted to the team or whatever, but he re- recommitted cousin McVay. But, I mean, I guess, you know, my thing is is that he's so young, man. Like, he had the op- – look, you look at Belichick, the longest tenured NFL head coach in the league, and you look at McVay, already has a Super Bowl – is on like 30, what, 34, 33, something like that. And he he has so much career left, but he wants to step away, you know, like to, I don't know what he want to do, probably do TV, but it's just, it just shocked me that he want to leave when things are this good. Yeah. I I mean, you know, I, I can see how demanding of a job and all of that can be, but my thing is I did want to ask Lois, you know, about this specifically, you know, cause it's kind of, going back and forth in each off season and you finding yourself back here at this place again, like Lois, what are your thoughts, you know, as it pertains to McVay, like, do you feel that y'all can keep putting yourselves in this position where you almost going season by season and wondering if he's going to be there or he's going to commit long-term? Like what are your real thoughts on Sean McVay? How do you feel about it right now? 
Yeah, no, that's a good question, man. It, it's, it obviously hurts as a fan because I know how good of a coach he is. I know that, one, bringing him in, our team is going to be prepared and he's going to do everything in his power for us to win. You know, just watching him over the years, you know, watching him as a 30-year-old coach being hired, I'm like, what are we doing? A 30-year-old coach, how are we going to get this done? But then seeing his passion for the game, seeing his preparation for the game and seeing that over the years, I think just that reason that he was so good at 30 is the same reason that he's getting out the game or trying to slowly move out of the game at 36, 37, whenever he walks away. One thing is clear is Sean McVay is not going to be one of those Bill Belichick type of coach where he's coaching 30, 40 years, whatever you have it. He's not going to be that guy. He's not wired that way. He's a competitor. He doesn't, it, it takes a toll on him. Again, this sounds like a cop out, but almost mentally it takes a toll on him to deal with losing. And you got to think about what Sean McVay has gone through over these last three or four years. Every year, every offseason, his coaching, he's going through a coaching carousel where he's pulling in new guys, teaching them constantly. That alone takes a toll on a, on a, on a coach, not alone just teaching your coaches, but now you got to teach your new players that's coming in because everybody wants a piece of what Sean McVay was bringing. And, you know, that's not to brag about the Rams and what they're doing. Nah, that's nah, just the reality of the situation that you look at all the coaches across the NFL from the Bengals who he faced in the Super Bowl. That was one of the coaches that he had on his staff, the Packers coach. And if the names just keep going on and on, these are all coaches that were under Sean McVay at one point that teams continue to just, hey, who, who he got over there? Okay, I want that guy too. And he's constantly have to do that way finally caught up with him to where he's at a point now where, you know, it, you know, I can't, I can't deal with this, you know, like as far as like we're losing and I'm having to recycle my coaches out and players out. Everybody want a piece of that too. It's, I think it just became too much. If he do come back in a situation, it's either going to be in a situation where he's higher up, where he gives up the office of play calling, where he can take a step back and take less off his plate. Um, but I can see him. The one thing, again, I go back to the point is clear is, um, you know, the end is near as far as him being our coach. Um, you know, whether he goes coach elsewhere, whether um, he steps away and go and do the booth thing, the end is near. And it's sad because, again, uh, when he was hired as a 30 year coach, I'm like, damn, we got a coach for 20 years. Again, as a fan, we think that we got a coach. But he young. He can do this for 20 years. But again, he showed this new age that everybody don't want to be in the grind. Being a coach is a grind day in and day out. Everybody don't want to do that for long. And I, I feel like the toll is finally caught up with him. Yeah, I mean, I respect him and the decision that he made for his family and his personal life or whatever he got going on. Um, mental health is real. Uh, you know, it's just it, it, it's I don't know. It's disappointing to see. Uh, I guess, you know, I think we collectively have to get. Uh, used to this new culture and you know we're part of it you know me he's not too much older than us so um you know and we 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 proven ourselves as a generation that when we don't like something we move on from it uh regardless of what it is uh and whether it's a lack of perseverance as some people would say uh people that's older than us but at the end of the day we want to do what we're 100 percent into and, and you know i can i can say just as an opposing fan standing from the other sideline and just seeing his passion and the amount of preparation that he put in to make sure his team's ready game in and game out. I could quite understand why if he's not going to give a hundred percent and he feels in his heart that his heart is not in it, that he give it up rather than holding on to something that he doesn't have a passion for anymore. No, like I said, man, ultimately, you know, I respect it kind of whatever lane, whatever 
way he decides to go about things. Yeah, know, I'm, like, I'm just personally happy that the Rams are like back to being trash like they were. You know, they don't, I, don't have to worry about, <laughs> I don't have to worry about them competing with us anymore. <laughs> competing with y'all? Y'all still trash. Hey, man, you know I mean? <laughs> we season. still defending champs, man. Yeah, playoff. <laughs> yeah, for like, man. what, one more month? Y'all are defending no. champs? Okay, bro, bro, I was in Talk high school. Me, I was in high school Talk last time I won a championship. I was in high school the last time y'all won a championship. I see you love talking like, about the past. Like, God, I, ain't, I ain't up his brain. I'm just saying, man. Y'all don't have. Yeah, you know, you're not. So that's my point. Y'all, y'all not Super Bowl champs. Did we beat y'all this season? Oh, Did y'all make the playoffs this season? <laughs> <laughs> y'all didn't make it either. All right, so again. Anyway, let's move on to the playoffs and the team that did make it. Because right. right. none we of us can very... say anything about that. <laughs> we have a All three of our exciting, team. We have a, <laughs> we have a very exciting docket, you know, coming up this weekend. It's wild card weekend. And we have some good matchups, some questionable matchups. Uh, we'll get into um, some of them because some of them I do not care to see, but uh, we'll start off with Saturday slate. We got the Seahawks kicking it, kicking off Wild Card Weekend, uh, playing the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I personally, uh, the game opens up with the 49ers as 10 point favorites, and I would buy the 10 points. I don't think that this game will be close. I think that the 49ers will be moving on. Yeah, easy pick 49ers. Hey, no but, respect for first you. Of, you, you, know, you take first of all, no, no, timeout, timeout. First of all, I'm going to say this quickly. The Seahawks shouldn't have been in there. If anybody watched that game, <laughs> oh anybody. No, was, this is not, this is not a Rams <laughs> No, bro. No, man. Listen, bro. It was five blatant missed calls in there. I got to speak on this because I ain't had nobody to vent to this about. It was five oh, blatant Five blatant missed calls in there from the Geno getting out of bounds. speak on missed calls. In 2018, the referees blatantly missed the pass interference when y'all played me. If there's bro, anybody let crying it go. about missed calls. Let it go, bro. Nobody wanted that shit. Calls. Nobody want to hear that. Nobody bro, want to hear let it go, Nobody bro. Hear 2009, bro. Let what it go. But that was 2018. <laughs> no, 2018. In the NFL playoffs, we clearly would have beat y'all. It was a clear. I don't want to hear anything about missed calls. Anyway, we're talking about. Oh the team. my God! You sound like you sound hurt. We're gonna talk about the 49s and the Seahawks here. We don't think it's gonna be a game. Are y'all taking the ten points or what? Yeah, no. I'm taking the ten points, man. I was just no. messing around with the Geno stuff, man. It's, it's no, I ain't taking a ten point spread. It's gonna be. I'm, it's gonna be <laughs> yeah, closer. Got him. <laughs> oh, bro! Because again, I look at it this way: you got two division teams, and division teams always play each other tight. I think that the Seahawks cover that ten point spread. They still lose, but I think they cover that ten point. And why do you say that? Just outside of them being division rivals, I don't, I don't. Well, see I, again, I think, I think that is just that. It's it's huge because they're familiar with each other. They already played each other twice this year, and um, I, obviously the 49ers are a better team. But you got to look at the experience. You still got a rookie quarterback on that other side. He has played well up to this point. Do not get me wrong. But, again, when Amen. it comes to that playoff, when a team is prepping yep. for a team, I think, again, he's going to make enough plays to win the game, but I think they cover that 10-point spread. Man, Coach Shanahan is a quarterback whisperer. He can make any quarterback look well like uh, like Coach, uh, like we was talking about earlier. Come on. Yeah, ain't gonna... Oh, Coach Carroll. <laughs> yeah. And ironically, he's playing right next to Carol. 
<laughs> Who's so made Geno Smith look good. The, better, the battle of the quarterback whisperers. So on the nightcap on Saturday night, we got Jackson, we got Jacksonville and the Chargers, which I'm ironically looking forward to this game. Uh right now, uh the Chargers are going in as one point favorites, man. That's that's what that's what that's how close of a game that the sports book has it. Uh give it to me, man. We need them predictions. First of all, this is the game I'm looking forward to. This is the game that I want to see the most. You got the two most unexperienced teams with the least playoff experience going into this. And you've got a young Trevor Lawrence that's first getting his first taste of that what we expect to be many playoff runs right now. And I'm excited to see them get their chance. My prediction, I think the Chargers win just because of one, I think Herbert right now is a better quarterback. Yeah, he's a little bit more experienced. He's a better quarterback, and I think they have a little bit more vets kind of going forward. I always lean towards the more veteran team when I can't decide. Yeah. Now, haven't they said something? Is Mike Williams going to be playing? Is he? Uh, is I he? hadn't heard anything. Yes. he's. It said that um, his injury wasn't as serious as they expected. It was a back injury, and he's um, probable for the – or he was um, probable for practice this week or something like that. Okay. Okay. Man, I'm so much. He didn't, on he the- didn't practice today, though. Uh, which is the more you don't practice throughout the week, just keep your eye on it. But that don't mean he won't play. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with this one. But actually, man, I'm gonna lean to Jacksonville getting it done. Man, I'm gonna, gonna pick the Jacksonville Jaguars I like to it. get it done. Yeah, I like it. I think I'm gonna piggyback off that. I, I would if if I was to gamble on this, I would take uh, Jacksonville with the plus one here. I, you know, uh, Los is the lone wolf in this one. Um, I mean, Jacksonville's at home anytime the playoffs, uh, you know, that, that makes a difference. Um, now, if if I know how my mind is wired, uh, I, I, I can't help but think of legacies. Justin Herbert is obviously a franchise quarterback, will be around for years. Very good. Trevor Lawrence, his whole career, he's was one of the most highly recruited quarterbacks out of his class. Um, he, he didn't lose a game until he got to the NFL. Um uh, but, well, he lost to LSU. Yeah, he lost yeah. to LSU in 2019. I get you. Up until that point. Anyway, uh, but, you know, what would this mean for their legacy? If 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 Trevor Lawrence does get it done, is that a is that a is that a nick in Justin Herbert's armor? I don't think so. I mean, again, we look at it's 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 Justin Herbert is weird because he feel like he's been playing the lead by six years now. But you got to look at him. He's still a young dude himself. So I wouldn't yeah. say this soon. Um, I think he still has time. But again, you got to realize why these quarterbacks on that rookie contract that you got to you got to make a run. You know, we look at Burrow, we look at golf previously from that. You got to you got to see if you, what you can do. That's when you have the highest chance to do that. Because, again, you're not paying that quarterback the big dollars because, again, he's going to get every dollar. You know, Herbert gonna get every dollar, and obviously Lawrence gonna get every dollar. Yeah, I I would say it would be just a little a minor mark, but it would be something that probably years down the line you wouldn't remember. But I mean, right now, honestly, as far as from a weapon standpoint, he has better weapons than Trevor Lawrence has at this point. Theoretically, Absolutely. he should go in and he should win this game with what's surrounding him. When you have all Austin- wait a minute, huh? You really don't disrespect <laughs> Zay Jones like that? what i thought you was gonna point out was, is ramon flipping his pick that's what i'm that's what i I'm didn't flip my pick Wait a i said he should kind of 
Who I said Herbert he should win. Should. I didn't say he was going to win. Oh, that's a new one. That's a new word. Why would you pick somebody the opposite? No, this is what I'm saying. No, run this back. We you asked the question on if this would be a mark on Justin Herbert's legacy. I said right. it would be a minor mark because he should win this game. Because theoretically, if you look at the weapons that are surrounding him, they have okay. better weapons. But I'm huh. picking Jacksonville to in. win. So I, I if you should win, in. then it would be a mark on you. I, smell I don't, bro. In. I don't, bro. Because. Uh, I mean, I guess. All right. So but this is what I'm saying. Just like when the Miami Heat were favored to beat the Mavericks, everybody felt they should win. They didn't win that series, and it was a mark on LeBron's legacy because they should uh, have won, but they didn't win. All right, all right. All right. I, I agree. I agree, man. That was a good one. That was a good one. I got you. I you, 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 you saved that one pretty good. Uh, but the but Jacksonville having home field advantage, I think, ultimately will come into play into this game. I, I'm excited about this one. Um, uh, so we'll move on. Uh, Sunday will open up with another game that is in the is 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 in kind of chaos. I would say, for lack of better terms, just with Tua and his status, I highly doubt he play. Um, this is what his second. Uh, second, uh, shoot, second concussion in like three months. Yeah, so second it confirmed, and it really second, probably been three. <laughs> right, right. So it, it, I'm not expecting Tua to play, and you know, uh, who knows what Teddy Bridgewater will do because his finger is injured, and I mean Teddy is injury prone at this point, and even if he did play, I don't think it'll make that much of a difference. And they're playing the Buffalo Bills which are playing inspired, which is, you know, with the Hamlin issue, which we haven't gotten to, um, which happened while we weren't recording prayers out to his family. Happy to hear that he's recovered, recovering. Um, But, you know, here we are, you know, I think the Buffs will play inspired. Uh, They're coming in as nine and a half point favorites and I'm buying the points. I I do think that I don't think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I think that tour news is huge. And if you know, if you're a sharp bet, bet, you know, better or anybody like that, I, I would say take it early, you know, before the tour news is either announced or, or announced. Because again, I don't know if they push into play. I think he doesn't play right now. They're just trying to play some gamemanship here and just trying to leave it out there. Tua gives them their best chance, but Tua with these head injuries, you know, it's, it's, it's scary, man. It's scary. We've seen him fall and hit it back his head and, it, you know, he can curl up and do those different things. That's a scary sight. So I don't think they push it. I think, again, take that now. I'm with you, Rob, on that. Take that while you can. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the easiest pick of the weekend. You know, I don't think that this will be much of a contest. Uh, definitely taking the bills on this one. And just like y'all said with the Tua situation, they they should not, they better not play Tua. Like, that guy needs to be done for the season. It shouldn't be anything that they are considering, thinking about, like, that's over. Tua should be done and shut down. Shouldn't even be up for discussion. Well said, bro. Yeah, and not real quick. And not only that, Tyreek Hill is banged up, too. We've seen that previous game when he was playing. He was coming out against the Jets, and he is not right. So, again, another – reason another hit for him yeah so we'll move on to 430 that's that 430 slot which i thought was going to be dallas and tampa bay uh because we're so used to joe buck and Troy been calling those fox games but now we know that they're with espn but we got the giants uh versus minnesota minnesota's coming in uh at three point favorites um and again i'm gonna take minnesota 
Giants started off kind of hot uh, in this season. Uh, we thought that they could do make some noise, but ultimately they fizzled out here. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Minnesota. I won't lay the points. I probably would take them with the money line just because Kirk doesn't play well in prime time. <laughs> so I, I think he will play well enough to beat the Giants, but I don't think he's gonna necessarily light it up on fire. So I'm, I'm just gonna take Minnesota with the money line. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is, I really think this game will be closer than what people realize, especially with the Giants coming up. Exactly. Especially with the Giants coming off of that time where they really rest their starters. You got a healthy Saquon coming in, you know, and Daniel Jones is a guy that they've already had contract talks with of extending him. I think that the Giants actually show up. They, I, I think so too. But I think the Giants show up. I think the Giants find a way to win this game. I've got the Giants money line. Yeah, this this is a tough one for me as well, just because like with Minnesota, even though of course they had a heck of a regular season. I mean, what thirteen and four, but it's like you saw peaks and valleys with this oh, yeah. team. Like, <laughs> yeah. and when they were bad, they were bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like really bad and so this is a tough one for me um also too i know that dalvin cook kind of had the situation where he went down um in the last game uh so i know he that came he, back though he yeah came back. but you know so we'll see we'll see along those lines i still am going to go with minnesota to get this one uh like you said you know kirk cousins sometimes in that prime time is a little shaky i know they better be glad that they didn't get this game scheduled as the monday night game because uh, we know what <laughs> Kirk Cousins, <laughs> we know what Kirk Cousins does on Monday nights. But still, with all that being said, I'm gonna take Minnesota. Good to go ahead and get this one. Uh, but man, y'all close. killing Kirk, man. Y'all <laughs> killing Kirk, and, and still Kirk, took I'm his like, team. You like that? You like that? Still, and look, killed them and still took the team, right? Uh, so then we'll move to the nightcap on NBC. We got uh, the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are coming in at seven and a half favorites, and I'm loving the points. I'm taking them. I'm taking the Bengals at seven and a half. Joey B, I, I can't bet against him uh, on a on a bad night. But with the Ravens, considering that Lamar Jackson is in limbo, I think that if he does play, he's not going to be a hundred percent. And and even if he is, he hasn't played football in a month, so there's going to be some rust there too as well. So uh, without without Lamar Jackson and absence of uh, Rashad Bateman and you know, in those guys, I, I I have to take the Bengals with with the seven and a half with the points. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. I think all the points that you hit, Lamar Jackson, don't know if he's going to play in. I think I'm going to go more sort of money line. I just I think these teams are familiar with each other. They literally just played each other last week. <laughs> you might get <laughs> you might get a, a closer game and I'm a little bit more uncomfortable, but I think the Bengals pull it out. Yeah, okay. I think the Bengals pull it out as well, man. I I might actually pull out the Bengals shirt for this one, man. I you know it's it's playoff time, so well, your coach shirt it. Uh, it was tucked away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been tucked away for a little while. This it's been retired. For yeah. a little bit. It's coming out for the all draft, though. It's coming out bro. for the draft. All our team struggling, dog. Hey, bro, we got the thirty-seven pick, bro. I know it's in a round five cast, but I'm excited. <laughs> That's the highest we Y'all ever drafted. Y'all on the clock. Huh? Go somewhere with yeah. that, man. Y'all trying to get shunned, dog. That's all I got to say. 
So when we wrap up the day after my birthday on Monday night, we got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman calling it, which I like the way they call their broadcast. We got Dallas uh, visiting Tampa Bay, uh, right, uh, for the uh, NFC wild card playoff matchup. Now, this is an interesting matchup. I think that Dallas is the more talented team, but Tampa Bay having Tom Brady and betting against Tom Brady has not been a good idea for the past 20 uh, 15 to 20 years. So, uh, I'm going to lean, I'm going to lean Dallas right on the money line, but I don't like it. And I don't feel good about it, but I mean, I'm going to go Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, man. They, how disappointing, bro. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't know. They are, they are, they choke artists, man, but I'm going to take Dallas as well. I'm with you. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel kind of like y'all, man. Like, I feel like I'm picking them by default. I, I don't really love the pick. <laughs> right. I don't really right. trust. <laughs> right. Honestly, I don't trust Dak in the big moment, man. Like, I, yeah. I just really don't. But it's just the Bucks just haven't really been yeah, good. They, they haven't clicked. They, they just haven't clicked. clicked. It's so it's so difficult to pick against Tom. But I'm going to just have to. I'm going to have to go Dallas. And that's probably my least confident pick of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it. I mean, you break it down. You, you know, you got Michael Parsons. You got... Uh, Vander Esch, you got uh, their defensive line is good and their defense is good. Defense is solid and, you know, conventionally throughout his career, no matter how low legendary Tom's career has been, uh, he's proven that if you're able to get pressure on him, he hasn't been as successful. So, And I, I have confidence that Dallas will get the pressure on him that they need to win this game. So I feel good about it in a sense because I'm not betting for Dak. I'm betting on that defense and Dallas defense is pretty solid. And, you know, let's be real and nobody wants to talk about it, but a lot of uh, Dallas's downfall or their setback has been quarterback play. And, you know, I know they don't want to hear it. I know uh, Mr. Jones don't want to hear it because of how much he paid that man. But, you know, Dak has been pretty, pretty average outside of, outside of injury. So, I mean, I think that the defense will do enough to get this, get this done. Yeah, I'll just add real quick two things that I'm watching during this game is one, the matchup with Mike Evans and um, uh, tra- tra- Diggs. Tra- Diggs. Yeah, I'm watching that matchup because Diggs has been one of the players that has been been, been beat deep because he's an aggressive cornerback. And then uh, two is um, can the Bucks keep it close and give Tom Brady that one drive he needs. Or that whatever he needs, because again, you give you keep this game close, and you give Tom Brady one drive. He's hurt me this season. He's hurt other teams this season. He's done it before many times. Do not give Tom Brady a chance. Yeah, he hurt us in the playoffs. Uh, was that wasn't last year? I think that was the year before. You were still in San Antonio, Los. We was watching that one together. He hurt me that year. So yeah, you know, yeah. it's hard to bet against Tom, but I feel com- I feel semi comfortable. I'm not gonna say yeah. comfortable. I- but I feel semi-comfortable just because I believe that Dallas will be able to pressure him. Yeah, and, and I, I don't believe that Tampa can depend on that run game enough, you know. Now, I don't know. Maybe y'all feel like playoff Lenny resurfaces, but I just don't feel like they can depend on their run game enough either enough to support Tom. So. Yeah, so look, man, I'm excited for it. Wild card weekend. Like I say every year, don't call me. My phone will be on Do Not Disturb. I will be watching football all weekend, so. Uh, there you have it.
You know what I mean? So it's going to be a good weekend of football for all the football fans. Uh, we have our predictions. Lock them in. Uh, I don't know if we'll have a graphic out or what. We'll see what we can do. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're very excited about this weekend. Uh, we're wrapping up another one. Uh, like I started off saying, we appreciate all of the support. First podcast off of 2023. More to come. Uh, make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you'll find our predictions. Uh, and also make sure you subscribe to the podcast and send that link to a friend. If you've enjoyed us, uh, man, uh, we're going to get on out of here until next time. Uh, fellas, we've done another one. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Later. All right, man. We'll catch y'all later.